You are now listening to The Bunt, the greatest podcast in the world, brought to you by Vans, the number one shoe in skateboarding. Come on, man. Need- Vans. Buy a pound a week, get back on my feet. You got all kinds of... Vans. Left. And this week is all about the Vans Versa franchise is introducing the new Q-Zip DX silhouette. Both the Versa hoodie and the Q-Zip DX provide the opportunity to feel comfortable and effortless without sacrificing style. Vans merged the classic aesthetic with functional technology to create two pieces that address everyday utility through the use of easy-to-breathe materials. Similar to the Versa Hoodie DX, the Versa Hoodie and the Versa Q-Zip DX demonstrate reliable functionality through storm cotton technology, a strong, innovative fabric coating that acts as a breathable shield from rain and sweat with water repellent capabilities and quick drying characteristics. Yo, say that sounds tech and all, but can we skate in these hoodies? Reggie, the Versa hoodie combines fleece with higher quality cotton yarn to increase durability and prevent wear and tear. Baby, we in these streets. The new Vans Versa franchise is available at vans.ca slash Versa. Vans, off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six. Drop that bitch. We're back. It was a long weekend up here in Canada, so you know we stayed busy. Had a little weekend road trip, but here we are, back in Studio E, ready to rock for another week. Y'all know what it is. I'm D. Jones. My man right here is the ghost. We got Ants One behind the scenes. It's a cool thing. Still. My dog, what we got popping this week? Reggie, we had to take it back to Canada. One of the techest diggies you'll ever see in your life. You ever heard of a big flip hurricane? <laughs> well, now you have. It's Matt Berger, Bredgen. Bro, we chop it up with one of our Canadian homies. Then we take it you know, straight to the post office. <laughs> I heard Theo Banks is back with a bang. <laughs> and then you already know what it is. The rundown, baby. We got a special guest in town for some more NHL breakdowns. Before we get into the interview, make sure to like us on Facebook at the bunt follow us on instagram at the bunt live keep sending them them emails them voice notes heck maybe even send us a video to the bunt live at gmail.com man it's popping over there and then keep a lookout on our website thebuntlive.com new clothes is coming new interviews is coming if devin guinea would ever answer the damn questions the people would have one of the best print interviews ever <laughs> reggie i don't know if i want videos of our crazy listeners fucking weirdos out there but we love you just uh, keep it to the voice notes though <laughs> be crazy man i'm trying to see what these guys are up to true i guess we could pull the audio post the video <laughs> man only one thing left to do head to the fridge crack some steamies and then we're on our way oh canada's premium pilsner <laughs> the only buzz. Interviews long overdue. We got Matt Berger in the building. What's up, man? What up, guys? Must be a wild day for you. Your parts online for 24 hours right now. Is your phone blowing up? Is your Instagram blowing up? What's good? 
Yeah, no, it's been pretty amazing, man. I, you know, filming this part was probably one of the like the hardest circumstances to film a part, and to see the response people have been given is like um, it's overwhelming, man. I wasn't expecting it at all. I was hoping to get by the skin of my teeth with this part, and so I'm stoked on how it's turned out. Damn, B, if that's you skating that's on the, by teeth. the skin of your teeth, we oh, should all just quit, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should have quit a long time ago if that's the case, man. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, brothers. Appreciate it. Yeah, very well done, man. So we start every show off the same. Hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment. Probably one of the most legendary ones for me was uh, in Vancouver on Go Skate Day, and I was like... 15 or 16 and uh, I watched Reynolds frontside flip black ice with like probably like 200 kids surrounding the spot and I was on the in the middle of the double set on the front row Damn. and like he just frontside flipped that shit so that was probably Dude. like my favorite skate moment that I've ever witnessed for sure you weren't um, trying to jump down black ice B yeah right I, I tried <laughs> to jump down black ice once blew my heel up for like a month and was like I'm chilling on that yeah. damn what were you claiming yeah. what were you trying I tried to bigfoot black ice when I was Jesus older. yeah but I did not put it down <laughs> oh I think Spencer yeah. tried that too that's some really? beef dog oh shit oh shit <laughs> yeah I'll leave that to Spenny he can go get that well, I'm good I'll pass <laughs> As for the sports moments, I'd say Kamloops own Kelly Olenek getting signed to the Miami Heat for 50 mil. Ooh. That's what I'm talking about. He's a yes. beast, man. Yo, we try and claim him as, as a Toronto guy, too, but uh, yeah. I actually bumped into him in Miami downtown. and Well, didn't bump into him, but he walked by us, and like the homie <laughs> Nick Katz yelled at him. And was like, he, he's like, Kelly! Uh <laughs> And then the next day, he dropped 30 points, and we were there in the fifth wow. row. It was epic. No. That's yeah. savage. It, it always must be a dream to, like, play in whatever the NBA or the NHL. But when you get to do it in a city like Miami or something, Ooh. you're just laughing, man. Yeah. Like, he's laughing now. But we claim yeah. him as, as our own, too, because I think he was born in Kamloops, but he, like, I think he grew up part of his life and, like, got into basketball in Toronto. So, you know, we, he's repping T-Dot as well. No, it's actually the other way around. Is he was born in Toronto and then he grew up in Kamloops. Oh, okay, okay. That's even more. So we got even more rights to him then. Yeah, yeah. That's our boy. <laughs> dog. The fuck. He said Kamloops all, but right that's T Dot man. No, it's it's just a Canada thing as a whole. But yeah, yeah, no, yeah. he graduated like um, two classes above me and is like was friends with a bunch of my friends and shit. And we'd always known each other, but I'd never met him until. I don't know, we ended up chatting on Instagram or whatever, and then he came to L.A. and played a game and just, like, hooked up tickets, and then I got to meet what? him and shit. What? It's just crazy because he, he's from Kamloops, dude, you know? And so yeah. to see someone come from, you know, a small town like that and actually make the NBA dream to the level he's done it is, like, yeah, that's yeah, like, fucking mind He's not just a random scrub out there. He had a career year this year for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did some big things for the Heat. Yeah, no doubt. So take us back to the beginning. Uh, what's your story getting into skating, Kamloops life? It's a simple one, really. I mean, my grandma bought me my first board. It was like some Walmart board for Christmas I got when I was four years old. And then that sat around the house for about a year. And then uh, my cousin came over and he had a skate. And I looked up to my cousin at the time and uh, 
you know, he, we had this, it's funny, I don't even know how it happened, but my parents bought this house that came with this like 15 foot wide and 27 foot long concrete patio in the backyard. Ooh, so it was just man. like the perfect little zone for a box yeah. or flat bar type situation. Um, so yeah, we, I skated in the back for the first time with him. And then from there on out, it was just like, I was on my board every single day. And so that's really where it all sparked. And then I probably spent like the first five years of my life skating in my backyard. And like, as I progressed and stuff and my parents saw how into it, I was like my old man, he, he worked in, um, construction and electrical. And so he ended up like building super sketchy boxes and like <laughs> the most jacked flat bars and shit. But no, it was cool, man. That's, that's where it all began really. That explains a lot, man. That's why you fucking be skating those round rails like a G. Yeah. Got the ledge <laughs> game and, and rail game on lock. <laughs> Shouts to your dad, yo. <laughs> Shout out to Mike. So everybody has like their first big break in skating might be a person you met or your first sponsor. Uh, what was yours? Man, it is. It still to this day blows my mind. And it's, it's rad because I've been able to see him since. But, you know... I was so secluded in Kamloops and even the suburb I grew up in, like I was the only skater. There was the neighborhood kid that was my homie and, and he only kind of skated cause I was into it. So I spent majority of my time literally, you know, skating at my house where my parents, my dad would take me to the skate park and just kind of like watch me skate. And then eventually got to the point where he would start filming. Um, and then I don't even know how he like, well, old man figured it out, but he put together this like park footage promo and then some street stuff as well and sent it off just like randomly to all these different companies. And at the time we didn't even know Canadian distributors existed. And so we just right. sent it directly to the companies in California. And so I sent my first like promo out when I was, uh, I think I was 10. Yeah, I was 10 years old. And I sent it, or I sent it to like Almost, Enjoy and Darkstar, maybe one other company. And yeah, it was just one of those things where you mail it out and then you just like fingers crossed, you get a call like every day, <laughs> just hoping kind of thing. And yeah, I was skating my backyard and my mom opened up the door and, and she's like, hey, Matt, come here. I was like, what? She's like, Matt, you're not going to believe this, but Rodney Mullins on the phone. What? <laughs> yeah, I still to this day blows my mind. And uh, I answered the phone, dude, and it, and it was fucking Rodney Mullins. And <laughs> I, I, it's funny because I barely remember the conversation because I was 10 years old and just you couldn't fathom it because I grew yeah. up watching like Rodney versus Daywan religiously oh, yeah. and so to have that phone call like all I remember is that he basically was like yeah I want to start giving you almost in t boards and tents or trucks yeah, and yeah. so at 10 years old that was like the beginning and then so I got his email and then basically from there on out I would just that was the dude I'd be talking to through email and sending footage to and shit so that's that's the moment for sure. Damn. That's insane. You skip skipped a few steps there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From the usual like, oh shop sponsor and then yeah, that's what we usually a team get. came through town and then I skated with them like, straight to Rodney. <laughs> Dude, your dad was beasting though. Filmed it and edited it. How did he edit it back then? Like he he put in some serious hours to make that tape go down. Yeah, no, I owe a lot to my old man, dude. He he just kinda like knew how into it I was and and really helped uh you know 
fuel the fire, you could say. Like, do you remember LimeWire and Kazaa with those sketchy yeah. ass downloads? Of course, like of he course. Would, he would pirate all of the skate videos because you could never get them at the local skate shops in town, yeah. or they were like sold out. And so that's how I got to see all the first videos and shit. But I don't even. It still to this day blows my mind. And every time I've ever asked my old man about it, he's just like, "I mean, you were into it, so I started researching." <laughs> like, okay. Dude, what a Happy, real one, man. You. That's crazy. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember because when we were first putting like our little clips together, we would have to do it in like uh, tech class at school and use like their little computer setup. And some people would like bust out two VCRs and like try and put a tape together. <laughs> like it wasn't easy back then. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. That's amazing. That, that's pretty tight. You, you finessed the school. <laughs> made it work that way. Got to do what you got to do. So me and you met about 12 years ago at the last slam city jam which was combined with dc nationals at the time that year you yeah. were just a little guy back then but could definitely already tell you were going to be a beast tell us about coming up in that era when the canadian skate contests were kind of popping all over the country and there's kind of that that little mobile community where we would all meet up in different cities and just just the good memories of back in those days yeah no that whole era was it was so rad to grow up in because it was still so vibrant in, in Canada. I mean, it still is vibrant these days, but that whole contest scene was rad because it was like every year you flew out to Montreal for AMS getting paid, you know, or um, what was the other one? Was it? Yeah, it was in Calgary when we kicked it. Yeah, in, that was DC Nationals, which was like sometimes it was in Montreal, Calgary, Vancouver. That one was all over the place too. Yeah. No, it was just rad overall. And, and it's funny because all of the dudes that I met at those contests all continued skating and like producing video parts. They didn't just vanish out of the skate scene, you know? I remember meeting you at the DC Nationals back in the day. I remember meeting TJ. That's when I first met TJ was actually in Calgary and then we yeah. did Yeah, I flew yeah. him out there or like that was his first flight ever. And yeah, I remember I had to like take care of him. And in exchange, I got to stay in his hotel room cause he got a free <laughs> hotel room for like winning the contest or whatever. So what, you got, you were like entered, but had nowhere to crash. Yeah. It was like top five had an invite to the finals in Calgary, but only the first place guy had their flight paid for in a hotel room. Oh. So I just went with TJ. Damn chaperone Benson. Yeah. And then, what, <laughs> it's not yo, a bad it was so gig. funny. I remember going to spaghetti factory with like, <laughs> like five of you guys, all tiny little guys who are still killing it today. It was like you, Will Marsh, TJ. <laughs> Will Cristofaro and fuck one other kid from yeah. Vancouver I forget his name now uh, what was the kid in, in the Underworld video and he did front salads uh, Mickey Papa fuck what was Scotty it Scotty Daly Scotty yeah, Daly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, yeah I remember taking all you guys knowledge. to the spaghetti factory and I was only like a few years older than you but I felt like a babysitter because you guys were all like <laughs> three feet tall <laughs> oh man so funny yeah, I couldn't even imagine dealing with that that entire posse of names you just listed off, in, including Will Marshall. Will was fucking crazy back in the day. Yeah, and like <laughs> went to the swimming pool with all you guys. I felt like a, a babysitter for like forty eight hours. But <laughs> the big brother. Yeah. With like seven but then, but then, brothers. then thankfully I met Josh Clark, uh, Greg yeah. Brewer, and Justin Ale, and then I had some dudes my age to to chill with too. <laughs> <laughs> My man was feeling singled out, huh? <laughs> no, nah, it was good times, man. All those contests were a fucking blast. 
So once Ryan Desenzo turned pro and couldn't skate in all the AM contests anymore, he basically passed the torch down to you to basically win everything. You had a stretch where you were winning or like top three in about every contest. How'd that oh, feel, man. man? What was that little stretch like? Oh, man. I, I, passing the throne, that was the funniest fucking quote I've heard in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. That whole whole entire time and that era of just being in Canada and skating all the contests was just like not not even thinking about it you know just like living day to day and just going trip to trip and skating as much as I could but it's funny with those contests and even like the placements and stuff you make it sound like it was some like huge thing or whatever but it, it, it really was just like going and skating our best every day or whatever and having fun with it and it just ended up working out so but yeah, I got so many good times and good memories from that, man. From Montreal, Toronto, and Vancouver. It's crazy, man. It's such a such a great time in my life, for sure. So, um, speaking of Montreal, <laughs> skating aside, there's a story from Am Getting Paid we want to hear a little bit about. Maybe a, a mishap with, with a lady in Montreal. You care to tell us what happened there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we can pass on that one, huh? <laughs> oh shit. Uh, uh. D Jones, man. It's my favorite part of the pod when I get to tell you all about that fresh new Brixton gear, my dog. <laughs> what you gotta realize is Brixton is doing the damn thing with that denim. Brixton Denim, featuring their time-tested pant fits and classic trucker jacket in premium cone denim. It doesn't get any better. We got the box on road, and we're about to shut down these T-Dot streets. Queen Street ain't ready for D. Jones and the ghost in that Brixton Denim. Reggie, which fit you trying to hit? Ah, uh, Dougie, you know it's a no-brainer when it comes to that Brixton Denim. The labor, relaxed fit is the one for me, G. It's a five pocket pant with a straight leg and standard rise. It cannot be beat. Perfect for chilling and skating. That's all I need. Damn, B, you gonna be looking good. We've got our labor fit on the way and you can have yours too. So go to Brixton.com and find our retailers worldwide. You dig we saying? So you went on a trip to Thailand with Rich Odom and a crew a while back. We've never been to Thailand. So can you explain in great detail the ping pong show and what happened <laughs> and what and what followed with the cab driver? Yeah, all I got to say about the, the ping pong show is it, it is a complete disappointment to humanity. I'm sorry that this, this, this exists. <laughs> but I am not breaking down anything about the thing. You, you just go to Thailand and find out for yourself. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, the cab driver situation was crazy because it was one of those. So there's actually um, safe cabs you can take in Thailand, and then there's these fake taxis that are super sketchy. And uh, yeah, we we were out one night. And we asked to just go to this certain bar and the guy basically was just looping a really big block radius. And then the homie caught on and we got super angry and the taxi driver pulled off into the back of some sketchy alley. And it was like some super ghetto Thai um, club. And 
the guy tried to charge us like a hundred bucks American, like was asking for so yeah. much money. And he drove us like five minutes and he was like, there's no way in how we're going to pay this dude. And, uh, yeah. So next thing, you know, homie Jordan's yelling at the taxi driver. The taxi driver pulls out a baton and keep in mind, obviously this taxi driver who's pulling up behind to this sketchy club. He's actually working with this club to bring tourists there. And there's like 20 other taxi drivers. So they start hearing what's going on. <laughs> and the taxi driver pulls out a baton and swings it at the homie Jordan. And yeah, we ended up just having to get out of the taxi. And there was probably like 20 dudes coming towards us, like ready to handle the situation. And we all just sprinted down the block as fast as we could. Holy shit. I, I, yeah, we just did the, the marathon run for blocks. And then finally like ran into 7-Eleven and got away. But I fully thought we were going to get smoked. So you got to be careful shit, in, those, in those cities, man. Yeah, I'm surprised Odom's slow ass could fucking get away, though. <laughs> were they chasing you guys, or were you just, like, so shook you didn't even look back? Oh, you didn't even look back. You're just Went gone. Straight, straight triathlon running shit, whatever. Yeah, man. Well, those guys, they just get paid, like, some sort of cut from bringing you guys to the club, I guess, eh? Yeah, I'm not too sure, but th- there must have been some deal worked out, because he definitely didn't bring us to where we were trying to go. <laughs> and then... Almost beat the living shit out of us. So back to contest for a second. You were the first AM selected to be in street league. How hyped were you on that? And how crazy was it skating and that shit like the first time? Yeah, that whole whole situation was nuts, man. Because it was just I had just skated Phoenix AM, and it's I'd done all right in that. And I guess you know the dudes at street league had, had taken note, and so. Um, a friend of mine who works with Street League, and they, I guess, were interested in just kind of throwing me in as a wild card into the Pro Open. So that's where they brought together at the time, like, 20 other pro skaters, and none of them were actually in Street League. And then they all compete, and then the top three got places. And so, um, yeah, at the time, I was just staying at Felipe's house, and I was skating at Barracks a bunch, and... And then, yeah, when I got the offer to go, I was like, well, yeah, of course, let's let's go and whatever, what will be, will be, you know? And so, yeah, it was crazy, man. I just went and skated the best that, that I felt I could. And then, yeah, it was like the contest wasn't done yet because the way they do the selection is the highest ranking um, non-SLS pro wins that part of the contest, but it's kind of two, um, two contests in one. And so we are going into the finals still. Yeah. Um, and I made it into the finals. So the contest wasn't over, but then all of a sudden the cameras, they, they called me over and they're like, congratulations, you, you won the top spot. And I was like, what are you talking about? The contest isn't even done. Because I, I didn't even understand the format and like how the selection worked and shit. Yeah. But yeah, and then, so I ended up getting that, um, earning the spot in and then, yeah, just started traveling from there. It was literally like the most overnight thing ever. And then what about skating in, in your first street league? Like, once you qualified, how gnarly was that? Yeah, I mean, it's funny with me is, you know, I just, I really enjoy skating contests because it's, the energy's insane and everyone's, you know, skating amongst that many good as skaters, it, it only pushes me to try and skate even better and push past, like, my own, um, what I think I, I'm capable of, you know, and so... In, in that kind of setting, it's just really, really fucking fun. That's what's up, B. I remember watching you 
uh, on one of the streams. One of th- I think it, it might have been your first time or s- second time or something, but just cheering for you so hard because, like, obviously remember, like, me- we met at a contest like a million years ago, and then just seeing you on the big screen with the fucking Nijas of the world, I was like, hell yeah! And I think <laughs> you were you were like winning the contest for like part of the day or part of part of it, and then unfortunately it didn't like it did, you didn't land tricks in the last section or whatever but you look like you look like you got one up your sleeve in the yeah. future b trust me yeah shit well thank you man and i appreciate the support yeah it's uh it's pretty crazy skating against those dudes and it's funny with that contest format too because you could be in fifth place and if you land the right trick all of a sudden you're on the scoreboard in the top spot and so it's like yeah, yeah you can go from last to first it's nuts so yeah, you're never really out of it, right? No, no, not at all. Yeah, just break out the big flip hurricane, and all of a sudden, <laughs> it's a 9.8, you dig? <laughs> so, yo, speaking of Street League and fucking winning, put it on wax right now. Are you going to win one this year? I just saw they got the dates are announced and shit. There's actually one <laughs> next Saturday. Let's get a prediction, man. Are you going to win one oh this year, my. B? Oh, man. You know what? I, I have no expectations in that. I just go and try and skate my skate, and, and that's it. So no predictions from your boy here. <laughs> All right, we'll <laughs> do it then, man. You got this. Well, This is your year. Yeah, you, you know we watching, and, and we got your back cheering for your ass. Hell yeah, thank you. Bring it bring it home for Canada. Has a Canadian won yet? I don't think so. I don't believe so. Nah, I, I don't think so, no. Yeah, you got that, B. Time is that. now. <laughs> So speaking of street league and contests, me and the ghost are heading to Tokyo in 2020 for the biggest skate contest of all time. Uh, what kind of insider info can you give us on Team Canada, man? Oh shit, 2020 boys, I'm already pre-planning. I like that. <laughs> Dude, they're ready. You're gonna have the bunt live set up. Hell yeah, you bet. There. Getting all the athletes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Um, insider info. I, I don't got much, man. I, uh, I'm, I'm not too sure, you know, they're, they're doing their thing, I think, trying to set things up. And, and yeah, as far as I know, there's still a lot of hoops that they need to jump through before it's, it's really fully set up for the people. But it'll be, I think, I know it's kind of a, you know, a taboo topic among skaters right now, but by the sounds of it, it might really, you know, get a lot more skaters places to skate in the future and indoor parks and things like that so mm-hmm. i i hope that brings some you know some good things for the community and, and culture in canada absolutely there's a, a massive park being built uh in toronto right now another indoor park that uh, is supposed to be have something to do with team canada but who knows really yeah crazy to, what is that about labeling it the uh training facilities man it's uh connected to the new sbc office i believe damn you saying i gotta get in shape and uh trial for team canada eh? you're dust (laughs) on that but um so just for the sake of of the show and stuff we consider you a lock for team canada like it's going down you're on the team if it's a five-man team you got four open spots who you taking with you (laughs) your boy obviously Obviously safer because he's about to step up his gym talk. Apparently, right now he's ready to jump in the mix, huh? Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, no. Let, let's say I'm, I'm a given. So give us four others. You're a what? Yeah. I'm a he's lock. A so let's, yeah. lock My for man. what? 
for Team Canada. My man's got some confidence over here. You gotta have it, man. If you didn't have that, you wouldn't have much. So, <laughs> um, definitely JS Lapierre. Oof. That dude is an unbelievable skateboarder. Um, Michael Ray holding down the West Coast. He's crushing. You know what? Uh, ben Patterson too. Bitch, I'm in these streets. Oh, oh yeah. Shit. Yeah. Ben P has been fucking up the loft. I see all the. He's Instagram twisted, man. He's that guy's fucked. Yeah. No, I, I actually uh, when I was last in Montreal, um, when we were doing the Eddie's album tour, I got to went and visited him at the club he's working at now too. So it was cool to see him because I every time I went to Toronto, I'd, I'd always skate with him. So. Mm-hmm. It's cool to see him. He's so fucking good. Everyone's so damn good on the East Coast. It's crazy. One more. One more Are spot. We loving the team so far. You got fucking dope dudes from all over the country. I said safe, but what do you mean? <laughs> so you said in a Route 1 interview that Flip told you uh, they weren't ever going to turn you pro. That could definitely kill someone's buzz and motivation. But for you, it seemed to have the opposite effect. Uh, did you use that as motivation and, and what was going through your mind at that time? Yeah, I mean, I guess I was just, you know, skating a lot and everything I was doing was surrounding just going on as many film trips as possible and stuff at the time. And I was in California at the time and I stacked a bunch of tricks while I was staying there. And then I met up with my TM at the time and he gave me boards. And yeah, he, he just basically said like, look like you know we love you but we just don't see you getting to the the point where we could turn you pro and uh i remember like of course you're bummed when you heard that but i was like okay well can i at least keep getting boards from you guys yeah it just kind of was like something i like refused to accept almost but it wasn't like i wasn't angry about it or anything i was like oh okay well i guess i'll just keep skating and like you know try try even you know to to do more on the streets and skate more contests and and see where we end up and then yeah but it wasn't it just kind of ended up being like a yeah it was a shitty conversation but motivation at the end of the day yeah that's awesome because that could that definitely separates people who are in skating for the wrong reasons from real ones Mm -hmm. such as yourself i bet you the whole like becoming the first am in fucking street league and all that shit and just killing it next level hard you kind of force their hand which is actually <laughs> not for respect. Made uh, made the TM eat his words. <laughs> <laughs> so you recently dropped a banger of a part for Etney's album. What was filming for the video like? Uh, when I first got on to Etney's, I think they were already, you know, almost a year into filming for the video. And then, you know, with when you skate all these contests, and then you know, with all the sponsors and stuff, you there's different. You know, you do demo trips or you're going on a trip to film, like, you know, a tour video or, or something like that. Finding the time to actually be out in the streets and filming, it, it's crazy how quickly it'll shrink. And so, you know, I mix that in with also then having to get my first knee surgery. And that was like a really tough process for sure. And then, you know, coming back, it wasn't necessarily the easiest. So... Timeline-wise, I think I ended up having around um, nine months to film the part. Jeez. All said and done. But yeah, it was just it was just one of those things where you're like, all right, well, like you know, 
wrote up a big list and then just constantly jumping in the van and going to different spots and like even days when I didn't want to film still going out and like you know because some days like for me I could be cruising the spots with the bros and then and I'm not interested in skating at all and then all of a sudden we show up to one spot and it's just like I get the bug and I'm like oh this is the spot for this trick like let's, let's try it you know mm-hmm. so yeah I didn't really have much of a life at that point it was really just like going out four days a week and the other two days just kind of recovering and chilling out at home and then and repeating and because it was such a crunch time and like I've never experienced that level of pressure because man you factor in someone like Jocelyn or you know Trevor McClung or Aiden Campbell those dudes filming for such a long period of time it, it, you know there's there was that extra added pressure and so yeah. for me I was like alright I'm just gonna like put my head down and see where I end up in the, in the end of all this so are you a a trick list type of guy or you just kind of go out with the flow and see what happens <laughs> yeah no I, I actually just keep a trick list out on my table at all times so if anything comes to mind and i'm at home i'll just like jot it down no matter how ridiculous it is or like simple it is but then also at the same time i mean you go on film trips to to europe or whatever you're just kind of going from spot to spot and mm-hmm. you know going with the flow thing so that's a mix yeah, that's what's up. The spontaneous shit seems like it happens easier, but I'm I'm definitely a trickless guy or used to be back in the day, and though yeah. it's fucking it's hard to, especially if it's a gnarly trick to like find the motivation. It's like just pick a random day to go do something gnarly. It's <laughs> it's fucking. I feel yeah. like shit happens easier when it's on the fly. Yeah, but like I just watched more tri- natural. Uh, but yo, sometimes it's. It's not going to happen if you just keep waiting around. Yeah, right? exactly. I just watched Trevor McClung's like uh, commentary on his part. And, jeez, uh, yeah, he, he plans it out nicely. Like, he waited to skate that, like, big six, giant six for the last day of a trip and shit like that. Nolly flip. It, it's just so... Living in California is amazing, and there's really good spots. But driving and traffic is so gnarly here that, like, you're lucky if you hit, you know two spots in a day if you do three Damn. like you're, you're killing it and, and that's only on the weekends right because five days of the week majority of the spots are a bust so every weekend it's like you go out with crew everyone's like all right we're gonna meet here because everyone lives so spread out right and so everyone i guess kind of you, you have to be strategic but it's funny because i think every skater also grows up in an era and we, when you start getting into filming in the streets you're just out with the homies, you show up at a spot, and then yeah. you get sparked and end up filming a trick. So yeah. it's, a, it's definitely, a, there's a contrast there, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, so your part had some insane shit, so we're going to ask you to take us behind the scenes on a couple of them. First up, Fakie Trey, Fakie 5-0 pop-out. How did that one come about? Man, so classic scenario. This is when I was rehabbing after knee surgery and I was just sitting on the couch and I I, I just thought of that trick like it just came to mind and I wrote it down and was like you know one of those tricks you write down and you're like there's no way but whatever we put it on paper yeah and so once I was back on my board and skating I learned um, actually on a flat bar fakie tray um, like switch front board or fakie tray fakie back lip whatever you want to call it yeah. And then that evolved into me doing like fakie tray switch 50s on like a little curb. And then it's, so it was kind of a slow evolution. And then 
As for that trick though, and on that specific spot, it was the most random occurrence because some homies were in the city filming and it was a cloudy kind of whatever day. And I had already filmed the day before, so I was kind of tired, not into it. And we drove out to this um, ledge spot that led to a 10 stair. And as soon as I got out, I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna drink this coffee and watch these dudes jump, I'm chilling. (laughs) (laughs) And then the filmer was like, oh yeah, there's this ledge. You should go check it out. And then as soon as I went down there and checked it out, it was like a, a light bulb went off. I was like, this is the fucking spot. And yeah. then so I started skating that. And then, yeah, once the homie got his trick on the 10 stair, we went over there. And, uh, man, it, honestly, like, majority of my tricks in that, in that video part were the biggest struggle and took ages. But the fakie tray, fakie 5 caught me so off guard because it was uh, the first one I committed to was the one I rolled away from. So I got it in like wow. five to 10 minutes. And I, when Damn. I was rolling away, it was like, I don't even know what the fuck happened. <laughs> I looked yeah. at it and I, everyone was like, what's the catch? Did, did I like, did I blow it? Did the camera like not record? Like this, this couldn't be that easy. You know what I mean? Yeah, but now I guarantee if I went out in the streets and tried that trick again, it would probably take me like six hours. <laughs> That's amazing. So the first one yeah. you ever did was the one you filmed? Yeah. Hell yeah. That's how you do it right Gotta there. love that. The front nose, your last trick. How insane was that? Fucking like 10 kinks on that thing. What was that like? <laughs> yeah, no, that was like a classic scenario where cause that, that spot's known as LP and they have these really good flat ledges. Actually, um, the line in my part where I do the, the kick front crook, nollie back heel on a flat and switch heel. That right. Yeah. Um, that's like directly beside it. It's the best ledge spot. Damn. And so I'd already skated it and got a ledge line there. And the whole time I was I was filming the, the line there, I kept seeing the hubba and just trying to think like, what the fuck could I try on this thing? <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the, I, I think, that I'm pretty sure the homie Jordan just threw it out there. Like, dude, you can might be able to front nose this. But the kinks are so steep, man. Like I looked at it and, and I was like, I don't even know. Like, there's no way I can make it to the end of it. Yeah. And uh, he was like, dude, just try one. And so the first one I locked into, I, I just slid the down, or the down and then the first flat and then jumped off. And then so it was just a slow battle of like getting in and balancing. And then like, it, it was so frustrating though because there's security at the upper half. So you can't skate the kink ledge there, but you can skate the flat ledges below because it's off their property. Right. And so it was like, get 20 minutes on the ledge. Security comes, kicks us out, hangs out, watches property for 10 minutes, goes to the other side of the building. And so that whole process was like probably a total of seven hours of tries. I was getting so angry, but thankfully because of uh, our tour guide, Will, and then the uh, Australian homie, Gabriel Summers, he w- they were helping kind of regulate security and stuff and managed to roll away somehow. But yeah, that, was, that, that one felt good, man. Yeah, because that thing doesn't necessarily look scary. Like trying front nose probably wasn't scary, but it's like a hundred percent skill. Yeah. Fucking must have taken a lot of fucking tries and and definitely skill for days. Thank you, man. Thank you. We read a story in an old Transworld interview about you focusing some of Nigel's boards. <laughs> what happened? What happened there? <laughs> I, it was all jokes. I think we were skating his park. Oh yeah, we were supposed to go film some stuff at his park, and myself and uh, Jared Lucas, we got caught up in some crazy car accident, like traffic jam, 
and uh, we were hemmed up for three hours. And as soon as we got there to film, and the main thing was to film with Nigel because it is his park, right? <laughs> and mm-hmm. he just skipped out. And so he had a few extra boards there, and I wasn't necessarily the happiest camper at the time. And so I, I may have led a few to a no longer skate. <laughs> Damn. That's but, respect. But it's all love, dude, because <laughs> Nigel's still the homie. And yeah, it was more funny than anything. It was like some old sentence piece he had sitting around there. But, you know, I had to let him know how <laughs> I felt. Like, dude, three hours in traffic to come meet up and film with your ass, and then you ditch out. So Damn. It's going to cost you a couple boards, man. Mm-hmm. No, nah, it's all love, though, man. He's, he's a cool dude. It's your day. We don't want to keep you forever. You know what I'm saying? You probably got people texting you how dope your part is. And we think so too. So, uh, just what's next for Matt Berger, man? Uh, I mean, right now it's just uh, making sure I get back on the board, and and then you know onto another video part. There's been uh, talks about potentially Flip doing something on a larger scale, but that's still not a full commitment yet. But you know, just the focus right now and getting back on the board and having a good time. So. That's what's up. Are you going to be competing next uh, Saturday? No, nah, I won't be. I'll be uh, chilling at home. I'm still on the, the knee rehab- rehabilitation for the next uh, probably two two more months. Okay, yeah. okay. We're, we'll fucking get well soon. Can't wait to see you back out there. Keep grinding. Getting them epic clips. Cool, man. Thanks, guys. Y'all already know what time it is, blood. It's rapid fire with the ghost with my man Matt Berger. But first, I got a special announcement for the people, yo. Spitfire presents Tyshawn Jones' new wheel, the young king of New York Spitfire Formula 4 99 Duro Pro Edition, available in 52 and 53 millimeters. Yo, if them things help you get snaps like Tyshawn, yo, deluxe, let me get a box, blood. <laughs> my old ass is losing pop faster than a cheetah about to take out a Thompson's gazelle, you dig? <laughs> but yo, get yourself a set at a drift skate shop, Green Apple, the boardroom, and skate shops around the world. Tyshawn Jones, baby. Spitfire. All right, Matt, let's get that rapid fire popping, B. Favorite skater? Mark Johnson. Favorite video? Flip Sorry. Favorite video part? Arto Sorry Minefield. Favorite style? Mark Johnson. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? I'd say probably, uh, yeah, it'd have to be Mark Johnson. For sure, style-wise. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? Chris Jocelyn. Favorite trick? Pushing down the street. Hardest trick for you? Pop shoves. Most illegal trick? Pressure flips. Damn, I, I was I was gonna say uh, your crooks backsmiths back in the day, but pressure <laughs> flips works too. <laughs> oh man, lay that one to rest. You know, I completely <laughs> forgot about that. That's funny. Yeah, you're doing them on big ass rails and shit. Crook backsmith. Um, yeah, that 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 might take the top spot, but people won't know. <laughs> Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Uh, big flip hurricane. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Jocelyn big spin this massive four block in Switzerland. The thing was half of the run up. You had to run off of like grass and mud, throw down, and the four block was probably like a solid five, 
at least five feet longer than Wallenberg. It, Holy it, it shit. Fuck. But you see the footage and you'd never guess because it's just, it's so gnarly. No one's even skated in Switzerland. He was just fresh out of the van and went for it. But yeah. <laughs> Is it in his part? Yeah. Okay, I'll have to check that yeah. again. That sounds nuts. Yeah, it's in there. What's the last new trick you learned? Nollie flip front tails. If you never started skating, what would you be doing? Probably swinging hammers. Uh, <laughs> I'd probably be working as an electrician or something back in the hometown. I'd be doing some type of blue collar work for sure. Favorite way D clip? Oh, tray flip on flat. Given. Actually, the tray flip at Park La Fontaine. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yes. DGK. Yeah. All day. 1278. Fuck! <laughs> uh, favorite local brand? Uh, Kitsch Skateboards. Favorite local skater? Mikey Ray. Favorite teammate ever? Philippe Gustavo. Worst company? For Razor Scooters. <laughs> there we go. Jesus Christ, man. Worst trend? Pink camo. Worst style? Chad Fernandez. Oh! <laughs> Damn. Poor guy. I actually liked Chad Fernandez when I was younger. Me too. Uh, he was Me easy. too, but those you, big old crooks, man. You get older and you watch the old parts again, and the style doesn't really hold up. Yeah. <laughs> Last person you want on the sesh? Chris Johnson, because that motherfucker will stack clips over everyone. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, that'd be fuck. I ain't even skating no Chris Johnson spots, so I wouldn't have to worry about that. But <laughs> if you are, man, I bet. Yeah, you can't go to a gap with him. No. <laughs> Maybe a rail. Maybe, well, yeah, you could take him out on a rail for sure, but yeah, it's impact. You'd be surprised, man. That boy's got a bunch of tricks up his sleeve. He could probably do anything, eh? Yeah, by far yeah. the most talented skateboarder I've ever met, for sure. It's twisted. And you skate with the best of them. That's high praise. All right, man. That's going to wrap up our interview with Matt. My man, thank you so much for spending some time inside Studio E and sitting down with us. Of course, thank you for having me. Get well soon, man. Fucking hope we can skate again together one of these days. I'll we'll see that street lead crown in no time. <laughs> All right, I'll hit you guys up when it comes to Toronto next. Welcome to the post office, brought to you by our good friends over at Time Bomb Trading. And this week, it's all about Chris Jocelyn's brand new Etnies shoe, the Jocelyn Pro. The amount of footage this man has produced in the last four years is unprecedented. And the Jocelyn Pro is just another part of his legacy. Head down to your local skate shop and inquire about these ASAP, because they gotta get some, and so do you. Let's get into these emails, man. You've got mail. Alright, first up, we got an email from James Rice. Yo, what's good, bunt dudes? Stationed out here in Japan and listening to your podcast. It's a worldwide thing, you feel me? What is some good advice to get some fellow dudes hyped to skate? I have a homie that's iffy about getting back on his board. Let me hear it. Thanks and stay easy still. Bruv. When the homies start to slip away, it's always tough. You're never going to have the same crew skating the whole time. People come and go, but when the good homies... When they leave, they know what they're missing out on. There's nothing like having a good time with your boys. There's a lot more to skating than just skating, so he's missing out on a lot, man. Rev, you can't just fucking turn up all the time. You need to burn those calories off during the day, get a nice sweat on with your boys. Yeah, you know I'm saying it's about the brotherhood, man. 
the fuck are they doing, man? Get back on your board still. Even if they ain't on the board, man, just bring him out on the sesh, and before you know it, he's going to be pushing again. That's real shit. Yo, Phil Mendelssohn, blood. There you <laughs> we go. We getting you back on that board, son. Shouts to Japan, B. We're coming to see you in 2020, you dig, James? All right, next up, we got an email from Jacob Bray. What's up, guys? The place I work at recently launched a podcast, and I'm part of the team working on it. Going into the project, I thought it was going to be easy, but I quickly discovered it was way harder than I expected, especially recording my own voice. You guys make it seem easy. If you don't mind sharing a trick of the trade, what's one podcast pro tip? I'm a longtime listener who now appreciates the quality of the bun even more. Much love from DC. Jacob. P.S. What's your favorite DC skate spot aside from Freedom Plaza? Well, we'll start with the podcast pro tips. Honestly, we've been doing this for over two years now, and it's just about consistency. You stay consistent and stick to your schedule. It's not easy. Me and the ghosts are busy outside of the bunt, but we make time every week, and the rest takes care of itself. Uh, yeah, that's the main key. Definitely consistency. Fucking pick a day of the week or however often you're going to drop it and make sure you do that. Uh, the other thing about you said recording your own voice is weird. Definitely. You get used to it, though. And make sure you're yourself. When we first started, we were trying to sound like sports broadcasters and <laughs> it's kind of kooky. But uh, we are sports well, broadcasters. We still, we still are kooky, but uh, just just relax, sit back, have a tolly. And, uh, and let the words flow, you day. And favorite spot, I've never been to D.C., so Donald, you, you tell the man. Honestly, I didn't even know there was another spot aside from Freedom Plaza. I've been there twice, and it's the only place I've ever been. Oh, yo, I like that out ledge, though, that you guys skated. Oh, yeah, perfect. The little four-star marble out ledge. So, yeah, Forbidden 14, man. Crazy. Dane Erickson, hard flip front nose. That's insane. No words. Uh, next up, we got an email from Mitchell Wheeler. What's good? The Bunt. Just started listening to you guys a couple months ago, and I'm finally caught up to the current season. Love the show, guys. Keep up the good work. My question is, what is your pet peeve in skating? Not necessarily dumb trends, but just insignificant shit that gets on your nerves. For example, my biggest one has got to be when someone switches stance without pushing, without doing a trick. If you come out of a trick to fakie but want it to be set up in your normal stance for the next trick, then either land back to regs or do a fucking half cab flip or something. Don't just switch stance by disguising it with a push. Oh, and yeah, definitely don't get caught looking back into the camera after you land something. Damn, I'm heated just typing this. Peace. Yeah, we have a word for that, for looking back at the camera or at people when you land something. It's called beaming. It's whack as fuck. It's one of the three bad bees. Doing it on camera is insane. Kyle, I agree with Kyle that. Kyle Walker's been known to beam a little oh, bit after buddy. his tricks and put on that a van celebration. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree with him. You can't just turn around. You can't power slide. He just fucked the whole lineup doing that. So I'm with you on that. One thing for me is uh, people who who don't do proper smith grinds and they put it out there. It's it's easier to do a front smith like everyone's got those. But sometimes you see it on the switch smiths or the backsmiths, it's not really dipped. If the shit's questionable, it shouldn't be out, man. If you gotta ask, was that a smith? It's not a smith. That's real so shit. Be mine. You gotta fuck the chest right, you get me. Bro, I think I've said this one before, but fucking big spins to end lines, getting way played out off the curb, fucking do it over something, or actually pop that shit, them little kid big spins, and uh, quick back 180s off the curb i mean we've all done them myself included but sometimes it's, it's a little annoying 
just fucking kickflip off the curb or something for just once. Just ride off god it, damn god it. damn it. Ride off it like Van Wastel. All right, next up, we got an email from Brady. Subject, bring back Grant. What up, Safa and D. Jones? Any chance that Grant Patterson episode will resurface or maybe give him another go around? I still tell my friends I'll nolly back heel over their heads. <laughs> Keep it popping. Bro, we got to get Grant back on. And I don't know if it's going to resurface. That's up to him. One of the most classic interviews we've ever done. Uh, that was a hell of a night. It was nolly half cap flip over your head. But yeah, I definitely dropped that quote on the regular too. It's a fucking savage one. Grant, we love you. Come back on the show. Let's get it. Yeah, let's fuck it up again. You're Irish, cuh. <laughs> All right, next up, we got an email from HJJ, subject filmers, question mark. What's up, boys? Love the show. Homies get me through the long days at my shit job. You guys ever think of getting some filmers or photographers on the show? It'd be sick to hear some stories from behind the lens, you dig? And you already know Devin Guinea and Jordan Moss would be down for sure. Keep killing it, dogs. Much love. Well, we spoke about Devin already a little bit. He's got something planned for the website. Um, definitely going to try and get him on air. The BTL video is dropping pretty soon, so I'm sure he's got some stories to tell. Yeah, I want to get my main man Ryan Allen on one day just so I can roast his ass because everyone who knows him knows he deserves it. Uh, it'd be <laughs> sick to get fucking, you know. There's some plans for, we got a filmer coming on here. We're just waiting for a certain, uh, certain project to drop and then we're going to pick his brain about it. Real shit, real shit. Thanks for the email, Jay. All right, next up we got an email from Lou. Subject, skating duos. Yo, what's some of your favorite skater combos? Two dudes that push each other and put off a solid vibe. An example would be Austin Gillette and Dylan Reeder, or maybe Jeff Rowley and Arto Sari. Personally, I think the Corey Duffel and Cairo Foster duo is pretty goddamn sick. Keep killing it and fuck Laker fans. They can't claim 16 titles. Five of those belong to Minneapolis. Yo, 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 fall back on that Laker hate, blood. <laughs> we got 16, you dig? But that is kind of true. Different city. Anyways, skating duos. Yo, real shit. We'll give you a Canadian one and an American one. Favorite Canadian combo, Grant Patterson and Dave Lapchuk. They've had tricks in each other's parts over the years, but they dropped a shared part in, uh, well, it was Lapchuk's part with a bunch of Grant tricks in the middle of an environment. If that's on YouTube, look it up. It's fucking one of my all-time favorite sections, and those guys grew up together. Lapchuk raised Grant in the streets, and they fucking did a lot of heavy shit for Canada. Another easy answer inside Canada, Paul Trepp and Wade D. If y'all ain't seen Top of the World video Top Dollar, you're tripping. Those two, when put together, was magic, man. Real fucking shit, blood. Four of the best we just named. And American, this one... Is kind of more on the low, but Jeff Rowley and Ardo, you already said that. That's one of my all-time favorites. I think they had that shared section in uh, 411 back in the day. Got me so hyped as a youngin. But I loved Mark Appleyard and Rodrigo TX. They gave each other guest tricks in each other's parts. TX has like four or five Appleyard tricks in one of his really old digital parts. And then in Sorry, I think Alpiard's only guest trick was TX kick front tail that rail in Paris. Mm -hmm. And uh, two of my favorite skaters of all time. So I was so hyped to see that they're buddies behind the scenes. This one uh, is going to go back to our childhood a little bit. A little in bloom, 4 and one 63 vibe. It's going to be P-Rod and Mikey Taylor when they first came up. Oh, City Stars. That those two were unstoppable. Just wish we could still watch some more, man. That's real shit. Between yeah, City Stars and in bloom. 
Jeez. Those guys were running shit together. Oh, all the way up to 41163, actually. Yeah. The Mikey episode. And then Mikey Taylor went and changed his style up a bit. Missed the uh, OG Mikey and P Rods just remained the GOAT. Yo, we got to talk to Mike Taylor, man. Yeah, we should get him on. He has a podcast, too. Yo, Mikey B, we got to pick your brain, dog. Holler at us or we're, we'll find you. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, we have a PSA from the one and only Theo motherfucking Banks. We thought he was coming at us last week, but now he's jumped on board and he's bunt gang for life. So listen up. Oh! Nah, I asked for pizza sauce. That's mushroom. I'd like pizza. Thank you. Yeah, you know who the fuck it is. It's the one and the only Theo motherfucking Banks, the self-proclaimed agent and advocate for the reigning and defending championship podcast, The Bunt Live. My clients are not only upstanding citizens from the great country of Canada, but they are a mainstay in the world of podcasts. Now I'm here to ask that my clients be sent healthy boxes on a monthly basis. Nike quit fucking with my man Safer's livelihood. Scuba, bro. It's Theo, bro. You owe, bro, you owe me this one favor. You remember to all the other brands on the west coast of the beloved east. You do what is right and you provide these men for the service that they give. Enough respect. Holy fuck, Theo Banks, you legend of pain. I don't know where the hell you came from or what you look like, but uh, thanks for the love. And maybe you're right, Donald. Maybe we do need videos because it sounds like this guy recorded this from the middle of a fucking hayfield. There's crickets in the background, but he's at a pizza shop at the same time. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Theo Banks, dog. Real one. Scuba. Listen up. To be honest, man, we've known Theo Banks for two weeks and we've gotten two voice notes but i can't even imagine a life without theo motherfucking banks dog <laughs> keep running and keep gunning keep sending him them voice notes people take notes man this is how it's done what do you think he looks like b i got no fucking clue man but it's, well, who knows dog <laughs> the one and only theo banks yo wrapping up the post office peace Welcome back to The Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports. Y'all know where we sparking it off. It's secure the bag, dog. Yo, real shit. Some shit popped. You dig what I'm saying? I love when NFL mans get their money because it's hard to come across in that shit league. I mean, we love the league, but you know what I'm saying? The, the owners and the fucking, they just, anyways, Stefan Diggs secured the bag baby 72 million over five years 40 guaranteed i'd like to see 100 percent of that guaranteed but we'll take it for now in it that's goddamn insane man 40 guaranteed stefan diggs the minnesota miracle last minute touchdown that's why you got your bag dog <laughs> moving over to the nhl some cases were settled in arbitration william carlson 40 goal scorer last year gets 5.25 for one year that's goddamn unacceptable man because this next one mark stone got 7.3 there's something wrong with the nhl dog they got that shit confused but congrats to both of y'all because you got some bags but it don't compare to this one john motherfucking gibson never seen him play a whole season but he's getting 5.5 million for eight years congrats
congrats to you, John. And uh, if your agent needs to hire anybody else, we got a little gig going on over here at the Bunt, and we're looking to secure our own motherfucking bag. So, Jay Gibbs, haul at us, baby. In the NBA this week, shit all popped, except for a fake story about Draymond getting punched by Tristan Thompson. Uh, Russell Westbrook's expecting another kid. That's about it. <laughs> Let's move on, B. All right, last week we promised you guys it's fantasy football season. When the calendar turns to August, we got one thing in mind, and it's draft season, baby. So we starting at the wide receiver position. We're going top five wide receivers. We're not talking talent. We're talking fantasy, man. Who's going to have the top five fantasy seasons in the wide receiver position, man? Reggie, it's a tough one, but the young stunner, Deshaun Jackson, is back. And you know D-Hop's about to make noise. But I got to give it to my man, A.B. Still got it. Big Ben, you dusty bastard. Find the man deep, yo. I'm going A.B., D-Hop, rounding it out with fucking... I think Julio's going to have a big bounce back season. Then OBJ, and I'll round out my top five. With uh, that fucking guy with the shit QB, AJ Green, you dig? Oh, God, really? Yo, Deshaun Jackson is a fucking wide receiver himself, man. You're thinking Deshaun Watson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right, though. That's all right. (laughs) We're going to break it down like this, man. It's going to be AB. He might be the best goddamn player in the whole NFL. That guy, Tony Toe Tap, is talented, man. And you want to get him first. Then I'm going to go with the Ghost. I'm going to say D Hop. He's second. OBJ, you're third. Fourth. Man, I'm going outside the box. I'm saying Michael Thomas. True. And fifth, we going down to Keenan Allen. KA13, the Slayer. Had a hell of a finish to the season last year. Phillip Rivers needs to get in the goddamn playoffs this year. So they're going to be hitting him all season long, man. If he's the wide receiver that's available fifth, you got to take him. Reggie, also shout out to fucking Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. Because with my man Kirk in town, <laughs> the bombs is popping. <laughs> Sleeper time, man. Pick one sleeper, a guy you're going to look for, maybe some later rounds when all the big names are gone, but you wouldn't mind having them as your two or three. Bruv, I don't want to give away my secret sauce, oh, but I've been loving this man since the end of last season. My man, Archie Goodwin, he's going to fuck up some fucking weeks in the wide receiver position. Is that Marquise Goodwin? Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck's Archie Goodwin? I think he's in the NBA, man. I don't fucking know, man, but you're on fire. The Ghost has had a long weekend, dog. Marquise Goodwin, look for him. No, don't, because I'm fucking drafting him around early. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for me to step aside. The bald eagle has landed. I'm going to get my ass out of here and let the real NHLers break it down for you. Yo, welcome back to the show, Big Six. Yeah, 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 yeah. You already know what it is. I'm back in the building. My man, couldn't be happier to have you here for the NHL Minute. Sometimes dealing with the ghosts in this scenario, just it just ain't right, dog. That's all right, man. As long as he's sticking around, listening, he's going to gain the knowledge. It's a matter of time, man. So we started off the rundown with Secure the Bag. and uh, Secure the Bag. One thing you weren't too happy with, John Gibson, somehow his agent must have went in with the ski mask on. I just have a question for you, man. What's going on with the money situation in the NHL? Some guys getting paid, some ain't. It's twisted over there. Buddy, you're right. Some players are going to have to be playing with the ski mask because they robbed a goddamn bank. I mean, the John Gibson thing doesn't even, you know, I don't feel any type of way about it. It's just like, wow, eight years. 
holy fuck like i guess the the uh the higher ups over there in in uh, anaheim really see something special in him i mean he's a great goalie but like what was his stats? He, he was like the uh, 19th ranked goalie in the league last year. It wasn't the most impressive, and Anaheim had a hell of a season, too. And he's injury prone. So, hey, man, fuck. He, he, even if he hears this, he's laughing at all of us. 5.5 for eight years, guaranteed. Shh, wavy. Congratulations, John. You secured the bag. So, big trade popped off. Jeff Skinner's been looking for a new home. Seems like forever. Carolina, for some reason, loves getting rid of star players and getting nothing in return. This is just the latest. What the hell is going on down there in Carolina, man? They're seriously trying to get rid of their NHL franchise, aren't they? It would have seemed so. Like, <laughs> you lose Eric Stahl, you lose fucking... Who, who's the other Stahl that was there? Jordan. I, even, I think fucking all Stahls were there at one point. Yep. Now you lose Jeff Skinner. It's a bad man. Like, rookie of the year has you know consistently proved that he's an nhl star i don't know if he's ever made the all-star game but he's fuck. a proven goal scorer he, though he, the guy can snipe he's nasty and he had a no trade movement clause yeah. the guy waved the fucking no trade to go to the city of buffalo i get it the city of buffalo is the most underrated city i think in north america 100 percent the most underrated goddamn city in North America. You can have a time there. Shout out to Chippewa. Shout out to fucking Allentown. 4 a.m. last call. They gets busy out there. But more importantly, with the addition of Jess Skinner in the in the Buffalo Savers uniform now, fuck, they are gonna be nice. It's a hell of a first line they're gonna be working with. Who man. they got? Eichel, Skinner. Ocposo. Ocposo. They got that new first overall D-man who's supposed to be nasty. They're going to be, uh, I don't know if they're going to be as good as the Leafs, let's be serious, but they're going to be fucking a lot better than than in the basement. It looks like they're going to be a playoff team, potentially. The East is getting a little weak, especially our side of the East. Teams are falling, Montreal, Ottawa, they uh, seem to be getting worse and worse every year. So the time is now for Buffalo, and man, they got them for cheap, so why not, dog? Exactly. I don't even know what the... Uh, what the uh, return was to Carolina, but I'm sure some draft picks and shit. But fuck, couple second rounders and a sixth. You know, you along with one player. Yeah, you traded away a proven goal scorer who will be a goal scorer for for a long time. But you know, and, and don't underestimate the bench boss there in Buffalo too, Mr. Phil Housley. Mm -hmm. Guy's a fucking player, Hall of Famer. If he can, uh, you know, rally the troops, they're gonna be they're gonna be nice. So like I alluded to in the beginning, we were on a little bit of a road trip. A friend of ours is getting married in October, so we took him down to Niagara Falls for a little bachelor party. We're hanging out, we're doing our thing in the casino. Six is going up, then he's going down. Finished out even, you know. Actually, he always finishes out on top because he's the bald eagle, motherfuckers. But hey, we're in the casino, hey, waiting out at the cashier table, and who do we run into, dog? Well, buds, I appreciate you saying that I came out even. Mans were down. You know what? It's all right. I'm not afraid to admit it. Mans were down. But by the end of the night, I was up. You know what I there mean? There we go. So we good. But yeah, you know, as I pull my fucking head out of my, my lap in my sorrow, I, I first man I see is Mr. Paul Bissonnette, a.k.a. Biz Nasty, a.k.a. the man behind the motherfucking scenes at Spittin' Chicklets. My man, so a podcast I to, legend. I had to go drop a line and, and introduce the bunt live to Spittin' Chicklets. So if fucking these listeners are, are, are for real, we're going to see a little collaboration here in the near future. Might be a little two-on-two. Two. D. Jones and the Ghost versus Ray Whitney and Paul Bissonnette. Let's make it happen, people. Paul, if you listening, keep getting them checks from Barstool, baby. Uh-huh.
Catch y'all next week. Peace.